0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Now, before we get started, I wanted to share something with you. This fall, I'll be participating in four half-marathons over the course of five weeks. And it's for a good cause, helping HIV, AIDS orphans in India. If you'd like to sponsor my uh, efforts to help these orphans, you can visit heavensgate.greatdetectives.net or you can also email me for instructions on mailing in a uh, donation. I'll discuss uh, details of this a bit more after we get through the uh, program. Uh, after the show. Now it's time for today's episode of Pursuit. We had two lost episodes between last week's show and this week's, so here from December 11th, 1951 is Pursuit and the Loch Ness Killers. And now, Pursuit! Pursuit!
1: Quickly back into the shadows of his own dark world. And then the man from Scotland Yard, the famous Inspector Peter Black, in the dangerous, relentless pursuit when man hunts man.
2: In just a moment.
1: With Ben Wright starred as the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, we bring you tonight's story: Pursuit of the Loch Ness Killer. Sergeant Moffat and I had left Kings Cross Station at four o'clock in the morning. It was past eight that evening when we arrived by motorcart in the village of Bannock in the north of Scotland. We'd been called there by the Chief Constable of Inverness to investigate the murder which had taken place two days before. A car had been dynamited on the road and its driver, James Scoggy, immediately killed. I left Moffat to arrange for rooms at the one and only inn and then went to the police station. As I came in, I saw two uniformed men playing draft at the desk. Ha! Oh, now how many times must I tell you? You cannot make that move, McNeish. I thought you were in a look in I was. Aye, so I see. Sergeant Ross? Aye. Uh, how do you do? I'm Chief Inspector Black at Scotland Yard. Eh? I, uh, I think the Chief Constable told you that I was coming. Eh? he did. Yes. I understand that you've had a spot of trouble here. Yeah, a spot? <laughs> we have, but he's taken care of nicely now, thank you. Oh? I rang the chief earlier this afternoon. We've got the man that did the dirty work, so thank you very much, but you can go back to England. Oh. Uh, well, uh, a good show. Aye, it not. Constable McNish, Shall thank you to remember your place. Fasten your button. You're on duty. All right, you do not have to fash your beard. Has the man confessed? Nay, yeah, but he will. I know garden Sim. I wonder if I could have a word with him. Not much use. He's not likely to say anything. Even if he is a murderer, he's a Scot. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, but of course, I don't doubt that you've got your man, but uh, for my record, you understand, I do have to write a report for the Chief Constable. Oh, all right. All right. McNish, get the key. Uh, you've got it. No, I have not. I gave it to you. Oh? Huh? Oh, that's right. So you did. Where did I put it? Ah, ah, here is the little beastie. Sim will be taken to Inverness in the morning. There's no use going the next. Besides, uh, the not behaving. I understand.
2: Shouldn't have wake him up. He did not get much sleep last night.
1: That's his own fault. Gordon Sim, wake up. But on the light McNish. I Nosh. He's gone, Ross. He's gone. Yeah. Looks as though somebody took the bars out of the window for him. Well, Sergeant, if you don't mind, I think I'll stay for a little while. <laughs> Bannock is about a quarter of a mile south and west of Loch Ness. It's small enough to be visible on very few maps. But in common with other villages, it lives, breathes, and contains a full quota of passions. It remained to be seen whether Bannock also contained an escaped murderer. We left Constable McNeish to search and question the villagers, and then Moffitt, Sergeant Ross, and I drove toward the lake and the cottage of Gordon Sims. I didn't think he's such a fool, but he might have gone home to Maggie. Oh, uh, his wife? Aye. Uh, How did you find out? Find out? Oh, that he murdered James Scroggie. Yes. Oh, it wasn't difficult. Everyone knew he'd had words with Scroggie. Everyone knew he kept dynamite on the place. But you didn't arrest him immediately after the car was blown up? No. I had any suspicions, but I wouldn't act until I found the proof. Ah. I found it this morning. Sims dynamite was gone... He wouldn't have told what he'd done with it. His wife didn't know. Then one of the villagers remembered remember seeing him skulking about James Scotty's house three days ago. It was at night. Answer your resident, Aye. Uh, what about the car? If you mean, did I find traces of dynamite? No. But there wasn't much left of anything. Yes. Right. The house is set back from the road. We'll have to take the path from here. That's the lake through the trees there? Uh? Oh, aye. If the moon comes through, you can almost see the other side. don't think I'd like to live up the sir. Why, Mubbit? It's too still like for me. What's that? The Loch Ness Monster, Sergeant. What? <laughs> no, it's a loon, And uh, By the way, Ross, what about our old friend the uh, monster? Is he or isn't he? There's some that say they've seen it. Have you? I don't know. Once I thought... <laughs> oh, well, you know what shadows can do, Inspector. <laughs> lonely place to live. For those who are lonely, it might be. It. Uh, there's some light in there. I, if you don't mind, Inspector, I, I'll do the talking for us all. I know, my. Yes, of course. Perhaps I'd better go around the back in case he's in there and try to make a run for it. You can if you want to, Sergeant, but you'll find it a wee bit wet. The back's the lake. <laughs> I'll be glad to shut this place, sir. And that's a fact. <laughs> You're not a of a mother. Well, have a look at that light, sir, would you be? Nasty black thing. Is that me just my... Hello, Maggie.
3: What do you want, John Ross? Poor Roth. Ross.
1: No, no, Maggie. It's not my fault, you know.
3: Perhaps you've come to arrest me now. Nay,
1: It is Gordon we want.
3: Gordon? You took them away with you, your very self.
1: He got out. He didn't. I well. These are policemen from London, Chief Inspector Black and Sergeant Moffat. Chief Constable at Inverness called them up. So you see, Maggie, it is a serious thing.
3: I murder is a serious thing.
1: If you've seen Art of Garden, will you tell me?
3: Nay. Hmm.
1: I'll have to search them.
3: Then you'll have to search. Mind you, John Ross. I'm not inviting
2: you. You'd better stay out here, Mother. Keep a sharp eye out. Roger.
1: There was a low peak fire burning in the hearth. A single oil lamp flickered on the sideboard, and the woman who stood next to it was gaunt but not unpretty in its light. I remained with her while Sergeant Ross searched the other rooms. We could hear him opening cupboards, moving about. He didn't do it. How do you know?
3: I've lived with him for 15 years. I know. What about the dynamite?
1: I don't know. He wouldn't have been hiding in the loft, would he, Maggie? Why don't you look? I'm going to. You're a foolish, foolish woman for threatening the law. Where is he, Mrs. C?
3: Why should I know that?
1: Well, if you do know, you can't help him this way. I have nothing to say. Would you like a cigarette, Mrs. Hill?
3: No, thank you. I don't.
1: Really? I've uh, three cigarette stubs in here.
3: They belong to Gordon. Ah. I haven't cleaned the ashtray since this morning, since he was taken.
1: I see. Would you mind telling me what it was your husband and James Scorgate quarreled over?
3: Oh, it was a little thing, a very little thing, just a pair of Orlocks. Orlocks? Aye. Gordon lent in the boat two weeks ago. When James brought it back, he kept the order He said they were at his own.
1: And that was all? Yes. It's no inside the house, then? No, Maggie think For the last time, be a good, sensible woman. Has he come here to the neck?
3: I am not oh, oh, Muffet, Muffet.
1: Muffet? You all right? Muffet! Muffet! He was standing just outside with... where, Sergeant! Go inside, Maggie. You'll be less help here than you were before. Go inside. Barfait! Oh, I need a pet it. I'll look in the trees over there. Aye. Look! What? On the lake! No! No, it's gone. What did you see? I don't know. It, it was a shadow... It wasn't. Oh, well, blast the shadows and blast your lake. It's Muppet I'm worried about. We separated and went in search of Muppet. I looked back to the cottage once as I neared the line of trees, and I saw Mrs. Sim outlined against the doorway. Her head was turned to the lake. Then she was gone. Five minutes later, I found Muppet lying on the bank a few feet from the lake. I signaled to Sergeant Ross, and the sound of the police whistle was alien in that wild Highland country. Oh! Oh, I right, see. Uh, can you sit up? Oh, easy, now, Take it easy. Oh, where did it go, sir? It what? I don't know. I mean, there was there was something. It must have come out of those bushes, sir. Over there, yes, sir. No, yeah, but there there's nothing. If you couldn't, the brush is going out of the lake. Most of it. and um, Marpeth, where were you? Well, sir. I was keeping an eye out, and then I heard something. A a dragging noise like dragging Something in the water. I see, and then you came over to investigate. I couldn't see a blessed thing. Don't mind telling you I heard the wind up. Mm. How say that monster in the light? Well, the Loch Ness monster didn't give you that bat on the head, Mother. I I? I don't know what it was, sir. I remember my back was to them bushes and when something hit me. What's that? Uh, Sergeant Ross, I imagine. Dishold oh. ah, the man. Good, good. A live Sergeant. Now, what kind of a ruddy question is that? Uh, Ross, something or somebody attacked him. I'll tell you about it on the way back to the village. We're going back? What about Sim? I don't know, but we'll take his wife. She knows something. Uh, that's the point. Maggie can be awful obstinate. Mm. Uh, can you manage now, Mark? Yes. I Yes. along, Maggie. So you're
3: really going to lock me up, John Ross?
1: Nay, but I'm going to lodge you with Mrs. Voss, where we can know where to find you. Sullen
3: man.
1: Will you try to calm yourself, Mr. Bucky. Tell me again now, slowly. No, no, wait a bit. Here is the sergeant. Tell it to him. What's the fresh McNish, Mr. Bucky, you talk to him. I cannot make up a world of what he's saying. Here. Hello, Maggie. Hello, Mr. Bucky. This is Sergeant Ross speaking.
3: Oh, Ross. Ross, get him. It is. Slowly,
1: man. Slowly. Is somebody dead? Murder. It all smashed. Oh, Ross, you a Where? Where? Who is it? Andrew Stewart. In the road. I, I saw him beside. All right. I'll be out in a few minutes. Don't touch anything. Trouble, Gordon? Hey, trouble. You hear this, Maggie Sim? There's another murder your garden's done. Andrew Stewart this time. No. No, it's not true. You never believe a word of it, Maggie. I've killed no one. Gordon, Sim, Gordon. You are in the cell. How same way I got out.
2: I came back a few minutes ago. Now I couldn't very well be in two places at one time, could I? <laughs>
1: Second act of Pursuit of the Loch Ness Killer. Gordon Sim was a tall man of about 45 with a long and friendly face. He didn't look like the sort of man who would commit murder, but then neither did Dr. Criffin, I examined the cell window, and it was obvious that he had needed no outside help to escape. The remaining bars were easily moved in the decomposing cement. Constable McNeish rode off on his bicycle to the Invergary Road on the outskirts of the village. We questioned sin. Where did you go, Gordon? Oak. Don't you think it's rather useless to go on in this way? You'll have to be held accountable for another murder, you know. Another? I haven't done one yet. I didn't expect to in this life. Uh-huh. Why
2: did you come back? I respect the law. There was a wee bit business to attend
1: to. It was attended to. I come back. Did you go to your cottage? No. Where did you go then? I came back here. You did not go out to the Invergary Road and murder Andrew Stewart? I have no against Andrew. Nor any man. I'll have to put the handcuffs on you, Gordon. If you must.
3: Gordon, you've got to tell me.
1: Maggie, there's nothing to say. It
2: will be quite all right. You'll see.
1: The was left in Bannock to stand guard over the prisoner, and Sergeant Grass and I drove to the scene of the latest crime. When we got there, McNeish was standing beside the body, and an elderly farmer carrying a gnarled walking stick was waiting with him. Uh, That's the way I found him, Mr. Ross. Lying at the side of the road, just as he is now. A terrible sight indeed. What were you doing out, Mr. Bucky, if you don't mind my asking? I didn't mind, Mr. Ross. One of the cows she's cowed. I'd walked to the village for some more medication. It was on my way back. I found this. And uh, you met no one on the road, coming or going? <laughs> no one at all, except, of course, Mr. McNish on his bike. He stopped me to ask about Agnesine Gordon Sintonix. I was on my way home. Aye, that's right. Uh, has anything been taken, do you know, Yeah, oh. Yes, hey, robbery. He's got a couple of pounds in his pocket. A watch, too. Gold. Uh, tell me, uh, how close are we to the lake? It's just over the race. Hundred yards, maybe more. Uh-huh. Uh, where did Stuart live? Oh, that's his farm doing the road. You can see the lights through the trees. Ah, there. Yes. Does he live alone? Aye, except for a man who comes to help with the work. But he's up at Invergarry for to get married. I see. Well, look, I think we'd better move the body to the village. There's not much more we can do tonight. Come on, let's get out of this wind. <laughs> The next morning, Moffat and I examined the remains of the car which had been taken to the local garage. It was an old Morris Cowley owned for 23 years by the late James Foggy. can not find any extra wire, sir. Nothing attached to the ignition. I uh, didn't have a self-starter. so we can dismiss that. Ah. Oh, hello. What's that, sir? Uh, it looks like bits of string. Now, where do they go? Oh, worry. Underneath, I'd say, sir. Yeah. All right. Yeah? Aye. Dynamite must have been fastened under here. Well, it, it couldn't go off it unless there it was a fuse, could it, sir? No. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Ah, uh, Muppet, hand me that spanner, will you? Yes, sir. Here you are. Huh. Thank you. Ah. Oh, so that's it. Huh? Yes, yeah, I've seen it before. Very neat. What, sir? Fuse is run back in the exhaust manifold. Here. Won't ignite unless the car is running. But he must have driven it quite away before he blew out. Oh, he could. But if a spark touched that fuse, and sooner or later it had to. Ah. Uh, yes. Somebody knew quite a lot about the operation of a car to work this out. Now, we've got to find out how mechanically minded Gordon Sim is. He wasn't. True, he had dynamite at his cottage, but he had never driven a car in his life. And as far as we could learn, had no knowledge of their operation. Yet, on purely circumstantial evidence, the prisoner was guilty of both crimes. I asked Sergeant Frost to let me interview the wife again, alone. What is the use of this? Do you
2: want
3: to see your husband hanged? No. No, he won't.
2: If he is not guilty, he won't. He isn't. Will you
1: tell me why he had dynamite in his possession?
3: I'll tell you nothing at
1: all. Uh, Mrs. Sim. you realize that once he's taken to Inverness and formally charged, he'll either tell the truth...
3: I can't. I can't. Why? I promised, Gordon.
2: Then I can't help you.
3: No, please. It was against the law. That's why. Against the law? Gordon wanted to build a dock for the boat. Instead of bringing it on the shore... He was going to use the dynamite to make the inlet wider. He didn't want to go through all the trouble of licenses and waiting for permission.
1: And that's all. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else know? James Scorgate perhaps.
3: No. Nobody knew but me. That argument with James was about the luck. Truly, it was. He wouldn't have killed James or anyone.
1: Oh. Do you know who did kill him and killed Andrew Stewart?
2: Mrs. Sin?
3: No. I don't.
1: Your husband could tell us.
3: No. No.
1: Uh, somebody stole that dynamite from your cottage. And you know who it is, don't you? I don't. No. All right, Mrs. Sin. That'll be all I spent the next two days in Bannock with Sergeant Ross. Together, we questioned the villagers and investigated the backgrounds of the persons involved. I went to the lake where Muffet had been attacked. And when a small boat was found hidden in some rushes near the Invergarry Road, I was fairly sure that we had our answer. Mrs. Sim was brought back to the police station. Sit down, Mikey. Now, Mrs. Sim, to start at the beginning. During the war, you were employed at a factory in Inverness. Were you not? Yes. At that time, you met a man who later moved here to Bannock.
2: His name was James Scorby. Yes. Yes. your husband was fighting in North Africa at the time.
3: Yes.
2: You didn't tell your husband about this when he returned.
3: No. I was shade. I didn't. I love Gordon. Yes. But he did find out. Go on. That's all. Oh.
1: McNeish, bring in the prisoner. I.
3: No, no, I can't. No.
1: Too late now, Maggie. I'm sorry. Maggie. What have you told them? She's told us about James Squaggy, Mr. Finn. Oh. Then you, Gordon. I did it. It was nothing to do with her. No, that's not true. The factory in Inverness was a motor assembly works. Was it not, Mr. Tim?
3: Yes. When the war was over, James Gorky settled down here. He wanted to take up again. He threatened to tell Gordon. I stole the diamond and put it under his car. That's not true. No, Gordon. What's the use?
2: Maggie, lass. Why did you go to her that night
1: when you broke out, Mr. sim
3: To make me promise not to tell. She wanted to take the blame. He knew about James Gorgie. He found out what I'd done.
2: I'm sorry about your sergeant, but you had me putting the boat in the water. I had to hit him. I didn't want you to know I'd been to see Maggie. You rode to the other side of the village. Nay, I, I thought it would be safer to come back that way. What happened? I ran into Andrew Stewart on the road as I was walking back. He tried to stop me. Thought I was escaping, I suppose. I had to hit him, too. But when Andrew fell, he, he broke his head open on a stone. <laughs> She's a good woman. She was lonely in the war, that's all. I'd have done the same thing to Scorby myself. The only reason I found out was when I went over to get my Orlok's back, I... I saw Maggie putting the dynamite under the car. You saw that? You knew then what was going to happen. I... I'm equally guilty. I knew. That's why I was willing to take the blame.
1: It was a strange trial. Neither had criminal minds, yet both had criminal intent. Their defense was pathetically simple, and possibly in some other countries might have been justified. However, murder had been done,
2: and both were convicted. Pursuit, and the pursuit is ended.
0: Welcome back! Well, don't you like a cheery story to start off the week? This is one of those, uh, everybody killed somebody and everybody goes to jail for something plots that they did on Pursuit from Time to Time. I thought it was actually pretty good. The accents, uh, did seem a little bit, um, off, but I don't know. That may be because I spend too much time listening to, uh, uh, British radio and have had some of my expectations for this uh, set a bit high, but uh, uh, it, at any rate, we will go ahead and turn to some listener comments and feedback, and uh, I have a question here from Rain. Rain says, uh, I really enjoy your podcast and iPhone app. I'd recently gotten back into radio drama about 2008 or 9 when I discovered a channel on my satellite radio in a new car that had golden age radio content. And I liked the detective shows best. Later I found this podcast. But regarding the app on my iPhone, are the podcasts searchable? For example, is there a way to go directly to episode uh, 899 without 20 minutes of scrolling? Uh, answer to your question is yes. There is actually, uh, when you open up the app, um, if you uh, scroll down just a bit, um, right at the top of the list, under the episodes, there's a search bar. It's got a magnifying glass on it. So you just tap in the bar. And then, uh, keyboard should come up, uh, uh, prompting you to go ahead and type in what you'd like to search for, uh, keen in on your phone. Uh, the second question, uh, for shows available through archive.org like Philip Marlowe or yours truly Johnny Dollar, you, do you have additional episodes that uh, aren't available there? Uh, that's a good question. Um, for the most part, for, for series that are available there, for the vast majority of them, we don't have anything uh, extra to add. We uh, do have a few episodes of Johnny Dollar we'll be sharing that haven't yet been added to archive.org, but which I'm fairly sure will be shortly. The va- uh, As I've said before, the vast majority of programs we do here are available on archive.org. And there, there are a few shows that are on other, uh, websites and locations that I've found across the internet and a very few that I get from some other source, but probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 95% of programs are available on archive.org. Not always necessarily in the same uh, quality, but nevertheless available. Main thing we get here is a commentary plus a playthrough, um uh, the series in order, uh, particularly when I don't make a mistake on that. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, discuss ever so briefly my efforts with uh, Run for Heaven's Gate, if that's not of interest to you, or if you're listening to this um, after October 2014 when it wouldn't be applicable, and feel free to uh, skip it. Um, but I do want to go ahead and talk about um, my participation in Run for Heaven's Gate in which I'll cover 52.4 miles over the course of four half marathons in five weeks. Uh, and also the situation with HIV AIDS orphans in India. There are hundreds of thousands of HIV AIDS orphans in India. Either their parents have died or the children have abandoned. These children face starvation and a future without hope. Uh, Send Hope has established orphanages in India where these children, who would otherwise be abandoned, are given food, clothing, medicine, education, and more importantly, love and hope. Uh, The Run for Heaven's Gate uh, program began in Boise at a grassroots level seven years ago to raise funds for these children in India, with walkers and runners doing four half-marathons in the fall, to uh, raise funds uh, to support these uh, orphans. Um, I heard about it at church and decided that this year I was actually going to do it. And I've been training for it since March. It, it's been quite an experience. Uh, prior to this year, the longest I'd ever walked or run was uh, 5K or 3.1 miles. Um, uh, prior to run for Heaven's Gate, Saturday was my sleep-in day. Now I'm getting up early and uh, going to bed early on Friday instead. Uh, and through this whole process of going through the training program with the local uh, run-walk group, I've been introduced to a whole new world where people take things like goo, that's G-U, um, to prepare for long runs. And where it really does make sense to pay extra for good shoes, because good shoes are cheaper than physical therapists. <laughs> Well, I hope that this process helps me be more fit. I have to admit that there's no way I could ever uh, undertake this sort of thing, except for the fact in India there are children whose futures lay in the balance between life and hope, and death and despair. And Run for Heaven's Gate gives me an opportunity to make a difference in their lives. Every four hundred dollar raised will cover all the needs of a child uh, in India for a whole year and all the funds raised do go to support these orphans. Uh, You can make a tax-deductible pledge in any amount to support uh, my walk by going to heavensgate.greatdetectives.net, which redirects to my pledge page and has a video about this effort. Uh, You can mail in a pledge, uh, but you do need to email me for instructions on how to do that. This will be the only time I talk about this in detail, but if you do have any additional questions, just uh, feel free to email me and I'll uh, answer you personally. Just send that into box13 at greatdetectives.net. And uh, remember to support uh, the run for Heaven's Gate, just go to heavensgate.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, that will uh, do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Pat Novak for Hire. And uh, coming up... Next week, another episode of Pursuit. Again, uh, become one of our friends on Twitter, Radio Detectives, and you can also uh, give us a call, 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.